Welcome to episode 98 of the Inside Bite. I'm your host, Tim Schaefer. I'm here with my self. Rudy's out this episode, so it is just me. So I was thinking on how to exactly handle this because there really isn't a lot of news happening this week, mainly because Tears of the Kingdom, which is a weird statement. I, I just realized how weird that was coming out, right? Is it because of Tears of the Kingdom? News is really dead this week. <laughs> And releases. Remember, I was mentioning uh, last week with the releases. It was like three that whole week, which is the lowest we've ever had since recorded. And I guess everyone's just trying to get away from Tears of the Kingdom. So, with not that much news and Tears of the Kingdom being the thing this week, I figured we'd spend a whole hour talking about Chris Chan. Fooled you, right? Topic, Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. Right? Just came out. Of course we're going to talk on it. We do a special, just, you know, spend the whole hour. No, I'm going to divert this into Chris Chan talk. Uh, I've been obsessed. I'm like, what, episode 10 now, right? Uh, no, no, I just watched 11, my bad. And, uh, okay, guys, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. It is, in fact, a Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom talk. Rudy's out. He's really badly wanting to talk on it. And I feel sorry for him because... Uh, it's going to be just me hogging this entire conversation. But yes, there's not enough news, and it's going to be three items anyway, and I'm going to try to fabricate time. I'm not doing all that. I kind of figured we would spend a long time talking about this game anyway, so it's going to be weird it just being me, but I figured it'd be a really cool, special side thing. You know, just something special for the occasion, something very different than the usual formula. So... How do I want to start this exactly? There's so many ways I could start this Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom discussion. But I'm going to start this based off of a tweet I saw where Brian Altano was posting something about, hey, remember the trailer that came out very recently? About, uh, it was like a guy playing Tears of the Kingdom. Everyone was sort of making fun of this guy because he just looks so like worn out and tired and dead. And he's just home playing. Well, Brian Altano's tweeting, like, we all made fun of him a week ago, and now we basically are him. We just look so just playing this game for so much to where we're just completely exhausted. Any moment we have to be able to play this game, we're just playing it. It's hilarious. So, we can start this with Review Roundup. It's a 97 on Open Critic. Uh, I, I didn't check Metacritic. Was uh, Is that any different? 96 on Metacritic. I like Open Critic just because there seems to be some weights of like some critics are weighed a little more than others, right? Where Open Critic, it's just everyone's has the same value, but it's putting it an average. But anyway, this game is of course sitting incredibly high. And uh, so I wanted to do is I just wanted to read some of these reviews. If you don't know, it's getting tens from so many people, right? To be able to sit at a 97 average, that's a lot. That's a lot of hundreds. <laughs> IGN puts, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is an unfathomable follow-up, expanding a world that already felt full beyond expectation and raising the bar higher into the clouds. And that's from Tom Marks over at IGN. Um, 10 out of 10 from Game Central. 4.5 from Joel over at Games Radar Plus. He says Tears of the Kingdom sets a standard for immersive gameplay that most major games don't even try to achieve, let alone match. Uh, Game Informer, 9.8 out of 10. Nearly every encounter, whether puzzle, traversal, or combat, must be reconsidered. It makes you think in new ways... I don't get the same goosebumps exploring Hyrule as I did in the past, but I did experience new emotions, both on a granular level from solving individual puzzles and on a larger scale by going back to one of my favorite video game locations. They say you can never go home again, but I adored returning to Hyrule with all new tools. 10 out of 10 game spot, Tears of the Kingdom is a triumph of open-ended game design that pays homage to the best parts of the Zelda franchise's own storied history and sometimes exceeds them. Um, Polygon, these are moments where I'm gently reminded that true player freedom is, of course, a fallacy. Nintendo created this world, and I inhabit it. Weeks, months, or years from now, I may affect it in ways its creators didn't intend, 
But still, I will be using the tools they provided. The brilliance of Tears of the Kingdom lies in how well it imparts the fantasy of player freedom. Sure, Nintendo shakes me out of the daydream every now and then, and in those moments, I see flashes of this old, rigid self. But no matter, at some point, I'll fully escape its watchful gaze. Okay, you didn't have to go all wacko there at the end. But, um, Destructoid, 10 out of 10. I loved every minute of Tears of the Kingdom, from going up into the sky to everything else this game has to cover. The real kicker that helps separate Tears from Breath of the Wild is its big swing power set. I felt like I was in control at all times and had the ability to create my own path. For a series known for sequence breaking, that's not just a perk, it's a strong argument of why Tears of the Kingdom will be talked about for years on end. It may even top some favorite Zelda list. Forbes, 9 out of 10. Overall, Tears of the Kingdom is a genuine improvement and evolution over Breath of the Wild. Now, I could go on and 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 on. There's so many reviews to read and talk about, but I'm not going to spend the whole episode doing that. Nobody wants to hear that. I just needed to go over a few there because this whole rest of the episode, I'm giving my thoughts. So I wanted you guys to at least be able to hear some of the other people out there and what their thoughts are and short descriptions and all that. But now I get to actually go deep into a single description, and that's my own. And I guess before we get Tears of the Kingdom, I feel it's only natural that I just like give my quick overall critique of Breath of the Wild, right? Looking back on it, what are sort of the pros and cons with that game? And I pretty much have most of the same pros and cons that most people have. Being when that game came out, it made Horizon look sad, right? Didn't Horizon come out first and then this came out like a week later? Why I say it makes it look sad is because Horizon was actually like an incredibly well-made open world game. But somehow Breath of the Wild, at least in my opinion, right, was just so much better than even that. It weirdly made Horizon look bad, which is a shocker because we were like, oh my gosh, this is incredible, right? This felt so much cooler than the Assassin's Creed's we're getting at the time and whatever other open world game, you know? Far Cry was getting a little like, okay, we kind of get it, right? Uh, so Horizon felt pretty like a cool breath fresh of air, or so we thought. At least me, right? I can only talk for myself. But, you know, it goes back to me saying, I, I think I see this, a lot of other people say these same things that I'm saying here. So Breath Wild comes out and just trumps it. And basically, that it was Nintendo's first open world game they ever developed. And you know what I mean by open world. Like, yes, NES, Zelda, you can technically go anywhere, right? But I'm meaning more in the conversation of just what we consider open world games today. Just how they function. Basically, whatever was created on the 360 PS3 at the end of that era, right? Let's say uh, something in that Far Cry vein. You know, but Zelda broke all of that and felt just very unlike anything we've ever experienced before, you know, and we've gushed about Breath Wild a ton. So I don't want to do that again here, but I want to say, yes, OK, the pros we kind of get. Uh, I could just gush about the pros for far too long and I need, I need to stop myself there. Right. But cons. There were some issues, right? Do I still think it's like a 10 out of 10 game? I don't know. That's a really, really good question. I, I think so. You know, like I, there's no like real, like this sucks, right? There's just a lot of things that I wish they would have done different. My own personal, like, ooh, that'd be cool if they did this. That'd be cool if they did that, you know? And it was very like, I wanted a bit more Zelda, right? So cons being that, like, uh, hey, where are my dungeons, right? The Divine Beasts suck. Uh, you know, the outsides, at least they're different, but every single one kind of functions very similarly and even how you're solving it. They all look very close in the interior. Actually, they look the exact same in every interior. Shrines, right? They all look the same. So it's like all the shrines look the same. There's 120 of them, but they all look the same. Then we have dungeons, or I guess they're supposed to be dungeons, or so they thought at the time, but it was four other pieces that looked exactly the same. <laughs> it actually kind of similar to how a shrine looks. So it's like, uh, so it just, it lacked a lot of theming, you know? But again, there's so many pros, and we are getting into personal issues with the game and overall critic, like, eye on it. I feel are two very different things, right? 
So when I'm saying cons, I'm staying in that camp of like, I'm not necessarily can be a critic on this because it's like saying like, well, this character has a blue outfit instead of a red one, but red's my favorite color. So because they wore blue, I'm going to ding it less points. You see what I'm saying, right? So I'm just saying I prefer red. Okay. But these aren't like cons you would put into a con when you're reviewing something. So <laughs> dungeons, you know, theme with that. Right now you can throw all of this into an overall con of like, well, what it lacked diversity, but then that's not even true though. Like it only lacked diversity in the fact of like only the shrines and the divine beasts lacked theming, right? Not diversity period, because every shrine was very diverse in what you were trying to do. You had some that would repeat with some similar ideas, but overall, I mean, I thought they were really good at being uh, different. It's just the theming, right? And so it's like cons on the theming of the dungeons and the shrines, because the areas themselves I thought was phenomenal, right? On going to different locations and really feeling the nature in that spot, right? Whether you're in like wooded grassy area, whether you're in the desert, whether you're up in the snow, right? You're on Death Mountain with all the lava and stuff. You can be like a water area. Really awesome theming with those areas. Like one of the first areas you go into in Breath of the Wild was the uh, Zora spot. Beautiful theming. Felt so just enriched in environment, right? So when we say theming, again, shrines and the Divine Beast. Anyway, what's another issue, right? It's uh, weapon breaking. Um... I tried playing Breath of the Wild with a mod that disabled weapon breaking, right? And that felt just really dumb and really boring. And I was like, oh, like weapon breaking actually totally works within the function of this game, but it's still not, I guess, perfect, right? And then you start questioning like, okay, I guess there's like a balance there, but regardless, I've put it like a rate of two times or right of three times before it breaks. It's still like didn't feel exactly what I wanted out of the uh, out of the system and how you obtain new ones and just every way you could view weapons breaking being like an issue or a good thing. I was still just mixed on it. But this game, I mean, fixes that <laughs> and we'll get into it. But it it for me, it fixes all of those issues that I had with the weapons breaking. So what else? What was a story? Zelda's not a story game, okay? <laughs> you play any any Zelda game in the past. I mean, what, Skyward Sword, I think, had the most? And even that's, like, comically low compared to the average video game. I mean, Zelda's not about telling that much of a story. We all have these characters we love, and it has, like, you know, little story moments. It's almost like less is more in the way Zelda handles it, but they, they don't spend too much time, right? So, Breath of the Wild, though, just weirdly felt even far more less than the average Zelda game. Because that's the thing, like, the average Zelda game doesn't have much. So to take so much of it away to where you're left with, like, 20% of, of Zelda story and lore, you're, like, even more... I mean, there's environmental lore that you can explore, and that is cool. So don't get me wrong. Like, that's a great part of that. But that, and then that's it. You know what I'm saying? There's not much more. So that's fixed this game. Um, I've definitely played enough to know that is fixed. If it dropped off a cliff from here on out, it would still be more than any Zelda game I played before in terms of plot and story and characters and all of that. So that's fixed. <laughs> Let's see. There's a game before Tears of the Kingdom came out, though, to where we're having these issues of Breath of the Wild. You know, it could be a little better here. It could be a little better here. But wow, this is still the best open world game I have played up to this point. You can only ever improve from here. So anyway, Elden Ring came out, right? There's two different things here. It's like, I th still think Breath of the Wild is more fun of a game than Elden Ring. Because just the physics and exploration, it's just fun to traverse in Breath of the Wild. But um, Elden Ring overall, I think trumped it in terms of the density and how good the density content is in Elden Ring, right? So it's like, which one is better, Breath of the Wild and Elden Ring? And then you start having those discussions and, well, I like this for this and I like that for that. I think they're both phenomenal. I think they're both just like 10 out of 10 experiences. I think like they're both just 
any critic way you could view it. You could find like certain, I don't know. I don't like the horse in Elden Ring, right? But it's all just like preference stuff, but you just know the games like this is one of the greatest video games ever created. And when you start to try to find faults, you're just finding small little things that, you know, personal little spices. Anyway, so I think Elder Ring like trumped the diversity uh, compared to Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild has just a lot of empty spaces. Beautiful, right? And then you'll come across pretty like dense locations and they sort of like divide it up. I don't know. It feels like you could ride a horse for like what? two or three minutes, not see much. Then a next area, you would be like 30 seconds of seeing a whole bunch of things. So it just like, it wasn't really that consistent across the whole land. There's a lot of big empty spots, but there were other spots on the map where it would be more dense than what you would expect. So it's weird on that level, you know. There are so many shrines like pocketed away in Breath of the Wild that you would just have never guessed being there. Right. Uh, it just happens to be completely under you at the bottom of a mountain or something hidden in a very clever way. So there's density to it. But when you th look at Elden Ring, you're like, oh, it's not even close. Elden Ring far surpassed. That was like this easily is the most dense open world game um, ever played. And the design is incredible on top of it. And there's so many other things to praise about that. Right. So we're like, OK. You know, Breath of the Wild changed the game, best open world today. Elden Ring comes out. Now we have in these debates, which one's better between the two, right? Well, Tears of the Kingdom comes out. And I think this just trumped them both greatly instead of having to pick between the two. Now the answer is just, well, Tears of the Kingdom is just the best open world game. 30 hours, if not 35 hours. So I feel it's safe to say, yes, this is my favorite open world game I've played. And again, it just addressed so many things I would have changed in Breath of the Wild. Or even like playing and enjoying what they did in Breath of the Wild and being like, oh, so, well, if they did do a sequel, this would be cool if they did this instead, right? I was worried, right? I'm jumping on this hype train. What if this game is just, yeah, you know, it's 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 like Breath of the Wild, but there's, you know, new powers, a little more to do. Uh, and that's basically it. But that's just not what happened. It's just, again, like, there's actually cutscenes in this game. <laughs> Characters talking back and forth for quite a while. I mean, this is quite new for Zelda, for sure. Uh, again, Zelda's not very much of a story game, but they don't go too far with it, you know? They're still sticking to overall roots, right? They're not trying to make it too big of a thing, you know? Just giving us just enough, but what's there is so well done, too. It really does feel like you're just sort of like playing along to some Studio Ghibli stuff and the way it does like its characters and story writing and stuff. It's really, really, really interesting. I love it. I love the story approach there. You know, and then the shrines, like we actually have themes to the in the shrine. Like these shrines don't have the exact same objects in them from shrine to shrine and like the walls and things up in it like for example there are ships and you you saw one in the trailer but you'll come across these ships and they're uh in the snow area right there's a lot of them flying around well these ships will literally be up inside some of these shrines right in breath of the wild they would have never took something that was out in the world and put it and made it a part of the puzzle inside of the shrine you know so like they're not seeming very like theme the same and having the exact same structure from one to the next. They're a far more diverse in both how it looks, what's in there, and just like the combat ones are just so much better than the older combat ones to where now you actually lose all of your items and stuff. So it actually just tests your skill alone without like having to just be able to bank on how much you have obtained up to this point, put you back down on ground zero. And it may give you supplies up in that room that I want you to have, but that's about it. So those are a lot more fun because of that. Right. But that sort of premise, just imagine all these different ways you could do feels like portal. Now it really does because you have this like, ascend ability where you can just sort of gulp through the ground right you can rewind time you just have these godlike powers 
and they're incredibly fun, but I don't want to get into them just yet, but I want to get into, because you have these powers, these shrines are designed for that. So you're doing far more insane things than you would ever be doing in the shrines of Breath of the Wild, because you're going through ceilings in this game. You're rewinding time in this game. Like, you have the Infinity Gauntlet. So... They still test your skill and knowledge, you know, uh, with these shrines, even with these crazy overpowered uh, skills. And that's obviously then translate to the game as a whole. You start to wonder, you see all these powers and you're like, okay. At first, you didn't even really understand the potential of these powers. Once you understand the potential of the powers, you're like, oh, God wait, I can just destroy anything and everything within my path, right? But then as you play, you're like, oh, well, in theory, that was so. But Nintendo designed these these enemies in this world in such a way that even with godlike powers, it's still a challenge in many, many ways. There's really cool fights early on. I'm, re I'm really not going to say much at all. You don't worry about like spoiler stuff. Um, there will be a section at the end where I'm going to dip into spoilers of once you're six hours into the game, you would have seen, but I'm literally going to save that to the very end. Everything else is just very generic, basic things. But anyway, you, you fight this enemy and whenever you like kill him, you know, the loot is just so much higher than anything you've gotten prior by like a long shot, right? You can come across enemies like that, but if you die like 16 times like I did, eventually you'll beat it, you know, and uh, just keep trying and trying. And now you have this super powerful loot. But even with that, you're then like, oh, naturally you would think, oh, I need to hoard this. It's sacred. I don't want to lose it. Anything like that. Right. But the game is so fun with his powers of just fusing this weapon with this enemy horn, fusing this weapon with the cannon, with a bomb, fusing this weapon with a mushroom. It's just anything in your inventory. It's just incredibly fun to just mash something on your sword or shield. You can attach a minecart to your shield and just skateboard. You can even grind rails like you're in Sonic Frontiers or something. <laughs> Again, rewind time. Fuse anything with any... Uh, oh, I want to fuse this tree with this rock. Okay, that's what you're doing in the beginning of the game and your mind's blown, right? Later on, you're fusing ruby stones to swords and now you can shoot fire. I mean, it's just so insane. And I just... I could talk into so many more examples, right, of like, we saw it in the trailer. Two things. One, attach the eyeball to it. Does a little homing thing. Well, there's like seven different types of eyeballs you can get. So you can get homing fire. You can get homing shock. It's, it's insane. So you just have a ton of fun fusing things, mixing things together. Next thing you know, you start building things. With all of these powers, everything just feels that much more amped up and that much better in design because they have to adjust with such awesome power. So they have to make these puzzles, regardless of what area you're at, there's, there's, there's puzzles in the lands, there's puzzles in the caves, there's puzzles in the sky, puzzles all over. <laughs> and, uh, very fun creative ways of just tackling all those far more than breath of the wild which is wild because when we were playing breath of the wild or at least for myself i was like it can't get any better than this now i feel stupid right so thinking like i just leads to this point is this game going to make breath of the wild feel pointless to play now i've been having this thought for a long time i feel it may it's hard they really are starting to feel a lot more different of games than i was expecting I was not expecting like how some people, oh, DLC for the game, right? Of course not. They're going to do a bunch of great things. They've never done it a single time in the past. Why all of a sudden would they do it now? If they've ever done a sequel to a game, it was still great, okay? Calm down. Very different original ideas stacked on top of it, so I, I wasn't expecting that. But it's still just in your head of like, okay, well, how different can it be? But it's just, it really is just so much different. So because of that, it's like... This is a bad example, because don't take it the way I, I know feel you're going to want to take it, okay? Resident Evil 4 Remake to Resident Evil 4. 
I remember having a comment saying it feels so different in this remake and the map there's like seven rooms in this house where there was like two before and so because of that it doesn't quite even feel like the same game but I think that's neat because now I can like have a reason for like to, oh I was gonna play Resident Evil 4 and uh, still get a different experience. That's how this is with Tears of the Kingdom. So much has changed in the world. You really aren't seeing the same areas, the same things. You're not. You can sort of be in a spot and be like, oh, I can kind of tell where I'm at based off of where I was before in this area in Breath of the Wild. But it's like clues to it. It doesn't actually look the same. Do you see what I'm saying? There's like certain objects you may see or uh, if nothing was hardly built there, now there's a lot built there, right? The land itself has shifted and moved a lot. And the game explains that. So I'm not going to explain that here. But right at the very beginning, you will see a cutscene with the explanation there, right? The land, it feels so different. And you're doing and seeing all new things that uh, maybe it won't be pointless to play Breath of the Wild, right? But the other side of it, though, is like, this game's just so much more fun, though. <laughs> the powers are so cool in this one. I thought they were needing Breath of the Wild. You know how fun I was having with those bombs and stuff? Now I'm just like, dude, the Infinity Gauntlet is so much cooler than the powers in Breath of the Wild. So yeah, yeah. So it's probably going to just be like, yeah, I don't really want to play Breath of the Wild because it's boring in comparison. You know, that's, that's going to be the more bigger issue there. Not that it like feels like you're doing the same thing or it looks the same. It's not like that. Uh, one of my favorite things in Breath of the Wild I have here, seeing the bizarre clips of Breath of the Wild was a great highlight of that game. It is only enhanced with Tears of the Kingdom. This game is so early out. I remember us thinking we saw crazy things in the beginning when Breath of the Wild came out. Oh my god, this game's only a day or two out. Look what they're doing. This is insane. Right? Those look like such baby stuff to, <laughs> to day one or two of Tears of the Kingdom. People are basically playing Armored Core 6 way early. The stuff people are making, these robotics people are making. Oh my god, I wasn't even expecting you be able to make a robot thing. Like, <laughs> that was so far from what I was envisioning. So, so, so cool. So, seeing all these clips, just that alone, such a great thing that now exists. You know, <laughs> It's just making everyone's days better. Just seeing all of these bizarre things that people are able to do in this sandbox. Because it's just that fun and creative. You always hear those people in the back of your head. Because you've heard them in the past. To being like, reviews aren't that serious. They shouldn't really be talked about much. All of that mess. And I agree up to a point, right? But when I talk on reviews for games, I'm not saying it to like validate what I say, right? I'm saying it because I'm happy to see other people love such a fantastic product like I am. You're playing a game, your friend's playing a game. You're both playing it and you're both enjoying it. It's fun to know that we are both enjoying a fun game, you know? And the more people I see this fun game, the happier I become because I know people are uh, enjoying their lives while they're playing this game. And it's a good feeling, you know? So on a rudimentary level, that's, you know, just great, cool, awesome. So the tutorial does a fantastic job. Breath of Wild, similar thing. Go to a shrine, you learn how to do the power. And then once you leave the shrine, now you have the power, you move on to the next, right? Getting between these shrines, like they had the challenges of Breath of the Wild of like, okay, well, you're going to go up into the mountains, so make sure you cook uh, some food. You know, here, uh, peppers, I think they'll keep you warm. Maybe you should cook those peppers, huh? Right? Oh, well, you're, you're able to stay warm, you know? Got a little effect on because you cooked. Good job, you know? Uh, really, really, really sort of baby in you. Uh, you have a lot of freedom, but the baby in, I mean, in terms of there's nothing like actually difficult up in this bit, right? Uh, Tears of the Kingdom, it was a lot more difficult to wrap my mind around what I should be doing with this stuff. Because again, these powers have so much more potential. They're naturally just a little more complicated at first because of that. And you just don't expect it to be able to do a lot of things until you just try it out. 
right? So you're constantly just learning a whole bunch and a lot at first. So it's a bit uh, more complicated, a little more tough, right? Than what would be the start and error Breath of the Wild. But goes in that structure, you get the powers, bam, jump out of the sky. You're now back on Hyrule and you're exploring. I'm 35 hours in, 30 hours in, somewhere around there. I'm learning stuff every hour. So I can't imagine what I would know by hour 80 or 90, right? But just knowing what I know already, <laughs> this land is hilariously fun to now explore <laughs> than, than it ever was in Breath of the Wild. I mean, here's a funny example. There's a Korok guy. Oh, hey, I want to be with my friend. If you can bring me to my friend, we'll give you two seeds instead of one, right? And this will be your little mission. And it'll be way off in the distance. You'll see a little green cloud. You go and take it to him. You get the seeds. Well, in so many spots in the game... They will put them very far apart from each other or just put them in a really hard spot to get. <laughs> and you could just do something as simple as just tying a rocket to the Korok and him just flying up the mountain to reach his friend at the top. <laughs> and he's just screaming in panic the entire time he's flying off in a rocket going incredibly fast. And it's just hilarious to play because the amount of funny things you can do is just so, so, so cool. You'll go in a cave. Let's say, one, you can do the obvious of just ascend out of the cave. Now you're back out top of the mountain. Okay, cool. You know, quick little exit. But there could be pockets within that cave that you can sort of pop up through. And now you're in a secret room that you didn't know about before, right? Maybe this cave goes a lot deeper than what you imagined and you got to be crushing rocks with like a, you know, well, okay, well, you can't smash a sword to these rocks, right? You need like a rock to bash against rocks. So you can take that wooden stick and apply a rock to it. Now, all of a sudden, you're bashing the rocks. You can use a bomb. You, there's plenty of ways, right? Blow up these rocks, explore even deeper, you know, and uh, some go quite deep. Some are pretty shallow and you'll just see tons as you explore. But this game is just so filled with content, you know, like Sky and Hyrule and those caves. You know, there's a lot to explore and see. I think one thing that I'm thinking of right now, right, with Breath of the Wild and it not feeling Zelda-y enough. I think one of the ways is, you know, in previous Zeldas, like Link's Awakening did this. Even the game, other Game Boy Color games, uh, Ages and Seasons, did this a lot, even more hardcore. You'd get an item, right? And you're like, okay, uh, I need to go give this person an item. That's my quest. I go and give him the item, and he gives me something else that I can then give to somebody else or do with somewhere else in the world to then get to something else, which then gives it another item that I can then give to another person to get this new quest started. And it's like this chain reaction of like seven or eight things of give this guy a banana and he gives you this tool you give to this little other thing and all that, right? There's so many moments in that in like classic Zelda games. Well, there wasn't really too much of that in Breath of the Wild. Well, in Tears of the Kingdom, it is definitely back. I have went on so many chain things of, okay, uh, I'm going to explain it without giving actually specific details, right? Chain event of, I find uh, something I really want to be able to access, right? But I need something to access it. Well, there's a horse stable nearby. I go up to the horse stable and these people are uh, basically wanting me to join the press or something like that and be a reporter. I'm like, okay, somehow this is going to get me into this area, right? Is what I'm connecting. So I'm like, okay, but they want me to go uh, talk to this other person in this whole other town. Well, when I go to the other town, I can't even really access the town. And I go down this crazy long journey of just so I can access the town. <laughs> Very long chain of events. You're talking four or five hours, right? big big chunk it actually leads to a main quest thing then pops back out of a main quest thing back to more side quest things and going through all of this to eventually go back to the original horse stable fix their little carriage so we can so i can bring them with me so i can access this little area and it wasn't even that important right 
but because I just got strung along, I was like, well, might as well just be keep going. And it ended up leading to a far bigger thing than I would have imagined otherwise that really helps you out in the game. So that one little seed of like, oh, I guess I'll go do this because of this one little side quest thingy, right? I wasn't even like too concerned, really. But once I figured out the gravity of the situation, I started to care. So it's really cool at doing stuff like that, right? And that's a Zelda theme, you know? Like, that's one of my favorite parts of Zelda is moments like that. And that's what is so neat to know that Tears of the Kingdom does that for you. It does that Zelda thing for you. It's so awesome. And the only other thing is, like, dungeons. There's this all dungeon talk. I wasn't going to say on this show, to be honest. But Nintendo said it. They said it publicly. Dungeons are back. Let's let's read their tweet. Okay. The four divine beasts were the dungeons in the last game, and they shared similar designs. This time, the dungeons are huge, and each carry their own regional look and feel, just like traditional The Legend of Zelda games. We think they will provide a satisfying challenge for players. Now, the way this is worded, though, is very, very, very key. When I saw this, I'm like, awesome. Traditional dungeons are back in terms of floor one, floor two, B1, B2, whatever. You get the key, you unlock the next locked door, and then you get the big key, and then you can use that to access the boss. And you get a compass, and you get a map, and all of that, right? Uh, you solve a little puzzle in a room, you can access the next room. It's not that formula. But they are Zelda dungeons with their own puzzles, working more along the lines of like the powers that you have. You can't do <laughs> six rooms on B1, and, and, and eight rooms on floor one and three on floor two and that and you get the key you unlock the next room and you figure out a little puzzle you go to the next and you can traverse all through you're too godlike of powers and you would break it immediately they would <laughs> this game is all about giving you freedom and feeling like you broke the game every five minutes you can't structure a traditional dungeon that way. So what, how they word it, right? I was a little confused. I just reread it and it's now I understand and they weren't lying. This time the dungeons are huge and each carry their own regional look and feel just like traditional Legend of Zelda games. They're just saying in the way that they carry their own regional look and feel is what is traditional about them. Not how they function compared to previous Zelda games. You see what I'm saying? They're making that distinction there. And I didn't realize it till I played it. So just know that, you know. I'm not going to say anymore. But we do know there's dungeons. And I'm just confirming. And I'm explaining how they worded it. Because it was confusing even for me. I feel I could talk about this all day long, right? <laughs> But the whole time, I'm just really badly wanting to hear Rudy's thoughts and be able to banter back and forth between us two as we get into it, instead of it just me rolling off my own mind this whole time. You know what I mean? Anything else I would say would just spoil so many surprises that you could experience in this game. So I'm trying really hard to hold back on so much. So, yes, I agree with the reviews. Um, if you don't want to hear anything that you basically you're going to see about six hours into the game is like my estimate. You could see it three hours into the game. I saw it. I want to say like four hours into the game, but I could see you not seeing this until like six maximum. But that's the, the most I would give you. Right. So it's not too big of a thing. If you don't want to hear it. Thanks for listening. We should be back to normal next week with actually game news. Again, it was so minor of things that happened this week. I'm just like, eh, I'll just spend the whole time talking about Zelda. <laughs> Hopefully people will enjoy this too. It's not even that there's haters. I understand they are being legit of just like, oh, we're sick. It's not like they're just not into it. I get it. Okay. But I am and I really think it's an industry changing game. I really do. Just like Breath of Wild was. I think this game, it does it does a few things, but one thing is when Breath of the Wild released, 
it made almost like this whole new genre almost it was like a a genre within open world of just like the more free and physics fun sort of approach to it all right and then you have like stuff like chia come out with that in mind but it goes to show though that nobody can even seem to match what breath of the wild did I don't know it's a ton. I mean, it's insane. I mean, it's a lot of people's favorite game because of how insanely great that was and how much was put into it. I understand no team could just do it, but it's already out. Six or seven years later, it's there's still no one that got close to what they did in Breath of the Wild even. Yet here Nintendo is releasing this before anyone else can even get to Breath of the Wild's level. And now they have this on top, right? Of like... You're not going to see other games be able to do this. We've had enough time to see if other people could do something like Breath of the Wild. I mean, what, 10 years from now? Maybe. You know what I mean? Like, even if it was true that something can come out 10 years from now to even be able to do similar things, that's just too far to care. Because it's been a long time. I mean, Breath of the Wild is a lot of people's darlings. Uh, Happy Console Gamer, one of my favorite YouTubers. That is his favorite video game now. You know, my favorite is between Majora's Mask or A Link Between Worlds, but Breath of the Wild is definitely up there. Anyway, so yeah, it's the only way you can experience stuff like this. So it's totally worth getting it. Me is not convincing you one way or the other. You would have made up your mind a long time ago, way before you heard this. But I still have to say, you know, I may be the 300,000 person that is saying this. But it still needs to be said. Insanely incredible masterpiece of a video game. And it far surpassed Breath of the Wild by a landslide. And it looks Breath of the Wild where you start to question if you if it's even worth playing at all. And it was the best game ever for many, many, many people. <laughs> it's just weird that this is words coming out of my mouth, right? Because it's just... It's so crazy that it's that it's definitely true in my head. Anyway, so I'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening and set of the people who want to hear, hey, what are you seeing six hours in that you don't want to talk about prior? Well, if anyone played Elden Ring, what was the big, oh my God, I can't believe they did this. This is insane. Moment, right? It's the underground. And what is insane is, you know, Elden Ring's underground. Gigantic sections under the map. Multiple of them. Huge areas underground of like, this is insanity. This is so large. Oh my god. Right? Well, take the entire map of Breath of the Wild. They aren't close. Breath of the Wild is a way bigger map size than Elden Ring, but the game's not good based around the map size. All I was trying to get is to a grander point... And I can't seem to find an actual just number of the two of map size. But yes, you have gigantic areas underground in Elden Ring. And it was like, oh my, you know, it was just the big, cool, huge surprise. Well, Tears of the Kingdom does the exact same thing. But I feel even grander and with way cooler ideas. (laughs) So it just doubles the map. So you have the sky. Right? You have all of the sky islands up there, right? Tons of content up in the sky, actually, like lots of map to explore. Then you have Hyrule, which is far more gigantic map, right? Tons of things have changed. It is far more dense than ever before. Elder Ring filled a lot of density from Breath of the Wild. Tears of the Kingdom is pretty close to density of Elden Ring. I'd have to do a lot of bigger deep dives into trying to see which one has more. But Tears of the Kingdom is, if it doesn't have the same, it's feeling pretty close to the amount of density that would be in Elden Ring. Feel they're quite close, where Breath of the Wild would be a big distance between in terms of density, right? Anyway, but you have the entire bottom floor, just like in Elden Ring, how you have the underworld. Well, it's not just particular spots on the map. It's the whole map. The entire map is now explored underground. I mean, it's insanity. (laughs) Far more area. Now, size alone. Okay, whatever. But what's down here? Whole new enemies. There are now so many 
enemy types in this game because of what's in the sky, but more importantly, what's underground. This is where the diversity of the enemies really starts to shine. You see a lot of cool things you've never seen before underground here. So one, there's that. Two, they're much harder than they would be above ground. I mean significantly harder, right? So now this is like the hardest point in the game is being underground. And then the big kicker of it all is when you're down there, you can it's just pitch black. All you can see is these little lights coming from either ghosts, like little Poes that were in previous Zelda games. The little spirits floating around, they shine a little light, just a little glow around them, right? And then these trees have these little glow and where you enter to basically uh, go into the caves and there's some light shining through. You know, so you, so you have the light shining through spots, you have the tree spots, and then you have whatever else may glow in there, but it's not much. But when you're walking around, it's just blackness, a lot of it. So many points in the map, the very moment you start to walk away a little bit from the entrance or a tree that's a little lit up, right? You can walk a good 10, 15 minutes of nothing but blackness without seeing anything totally possible so what you end up doing then is you have to light your way so you'll find these seeds you can fuse the seed to your arrow and shoot it right so now you have like it glowing off in the distance and it'll be like a little spot to sort of light your way but they don't really light that much you have normal seeds and you have these like gigantic ones or large ones i forget what they're called and they can shine a lot more but it's so dense down there because, again, it's just the entire map repeated, but down below, not repeated, but like in size, you can just at any point in the map, if you could just grill down into the drill down into the ground, you would just hit the underground depths and just be in that spot in the depths. You see what I'm saying? So it's gigantic of emptiness of like no light, but the enemies. A lot of them super tough and and they have this feature to where i say feature dude it makes it it's it you already think it's hard you're already like oh my god these enemies are way tougher down here and i can't see and this is super scary but the biggest gimmick of this whole underground thing is there is this sort of poisonous i forget what they call it, gloom right i think is what it is yeah i think it's gloom Anyway, it touches you for like, let's say a second or two. It doesn't take long. It corrupts one of your hearts. Now you can't heal that heart anymore. So let's say you have seven hearts and you keep hitting this gloom as you're trying to traverse. And it's really tough. Like there's so many large sections where there's nothing but gloom. And you're going to have to figure out, well, how can I get around this? Uh, I can build a contraption to make me fly over some of this spot, right? That so you could sort of think of w really weird, creative ways. You can like climb up a side of a cliff and then try to glide a ways. You can climb trees and sort of jump from tree to tree. You can uh, do other things that I don't want to say a little too much. Uh, I feel there's there's some things I'd rather leave a surprise when it comes to other ways you can get around this gloom. But anyway, it's very, very, very poisonous to you. Well, not poisonous, but just as this effect where you can't reheal. So now you only have three hearts, no matter how much food or things you eat there isn't a cure the only cure is light itself as in you going to one of those tree spots or you just leaving the area but there'll be such large sections where you just don't can't get to one or you don't even see one and you're just exploring for a while you see one way off in the distance but you come across all of these other areas on the way i mean there's full-on towns and stuff down here i mean i'm trying i don't want to say too much but wow <laughs> it's gigantic you know so it's almost like a game on its own you know like uh pete's black dungeon that could be the title of the game and it could that could be the whole part of the game was just you being down there shooting these lights everywhere traversing your way through this dark area underground and you clearing this game like it's a whole game's worth of content and a super fun idea. It seems really simple on like, okay, you're just in darkness and you have to light the way, you know, but what other game has really done this? I mean, like there's a handful at best. It's such a simple idea, yet not many people even do this mechanic. 
But then on top of that, it's just done so well to where enemies are super tough. You have the gloom that you're trying to not get consumed by. You have incredibly, like, there's tough and normal enemies. Just any enemies tougher down here. But then you have these specific tough enemies that are nowhere else that will really, really, really mess you up. So it's good stuff, man. It's good stuff. I was deep underground for a long time. Somebody marked a spot on the map for me down there to like find a treasure. It was one of the side quests. So I'm trying to get to it. But then I get to a spot where it's just like I'm getting overheated. Like it's way, 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 way too hot down here. And I cannot be down here. Right. So then I made my way back up and it's basically Death Mountain. And that's why it's so hot down there. So I'm imagining I may have to do something with death mountain thing to then go back down there and be able to explore or something. But all of my clothes just catch on fire and my body just gets burnt alive very quickly. And, uh, I cannot believe there's this, this whole section of the game that we just didn't know. And, uh, it's incredible. And even a far bigger surprise than that moment in Elden ring when we saw that, you know, but you just see it way early on in this game. It's, again, five, six hours in, you see it. So this isn't some, like, halfway point or anything like that. You're playing the whole game with this in mind between the sky, the underground, and Hyrule. So, I mean, this game, dude, I don't know how they did this much. And um, do it at such good quality, such a good density. Make the last game that was a lot of people's best game ever made look trash in comparison good times to be had i'm playing it far 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 too much i mean i don't even want to slightly go and play something else why like i'm having the most fun time i've had in a game in a very long time and you know when i beat it we're gonna be discussing like if this is the best game ever made or not kind of conversation so anyway that'll do it uh i'll see you guys next week